We're Not Dead, a podcast about a story of survival. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of We're Not Dead, the official community podcast for We're Alive. I am joined this week by Beesball. The bee string. That's who bees, I am. Bees, is, that like a, is that a new form of underwear? It's like the G-string. Yes, yeah, the B-string. Yeah, it's, nice. It's really just kind of... It's uh, more designed to actually cup around the male form. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh I, so it's like a sideways B in a sense. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. That's, that's actually exactly what I pictured when he started saying that. <laughs> I'm going to go market that. And we are also joined by Ronald Ron, a.k.a. Jo- is it Job? Job. Job? Job? Yes. <laughs> so, okay, no, no, no. I love how Let you pronounced me. it perfectly the past couple episodes, but Let, no, okay, no, when no, I no, get no. on it. No, listen to me. We have okay, to talk so I'm about on zombie slash form, and at the at the bottom, your little signature, it's pronounced J O H B, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. what it says? Yes, so that is what it, it says. Jahob. Jahob. No, okay, listen. Before before we got on, she was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have this guy, and you know, his name's Ronald or whatever, blah blah." blah. But I think he goes by. J-O-B. She's like, Job. And I was like, no, I think you mean Job. And she's like, no, I think he goes by Job. And yeah, I was like, the... whatever, I'll let you say his name first. Yeah, and then I think he'd ask myself. <laughs> well, because I saw J-O-H-B, and I was like, Job. You should yeah. say J-O-B-E. Job. At least it's not well, Gob. Like... Actually, the problem I have with people, if I type J-O-B-E, mm-hmm. is they actually pronounce it Job-E. And I'm really? like, what? Like, Lobe. Where do you get that? <laughs> Anyway, Greg Miller cannot be with us this week. If you haven't heard, the PSN is a clusterfuck right now. And being, you know, a part of IGN, he has to cover all that crap. He's got his Superman uh, outfit on, and he's rescuing PlayStation. Uh-huh. Right. At least that's what I heard. He'd yeah. like to think so. I, I don't think he's actually, you know, that important. No, I'm just kidding. Job? Jo- Job or Ron? What do you prefer? Uh, we'll go by Job in this just to avoid confusion. Job, Job. Okay, Job. Uh, why don't you tell us about how you came across We're Alive and why you love it so much and that old chestnut. Well, to start off, actually, with uh, We're Alive actually became out of me getting a job where I work over an hour from where I live. Ah. So I have... He said job. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Total derailment there, but yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I work about an hour away from where I live. And so I actually have a long car ride. And so I was researching podcasts to find out, uh, something to actually cover the boredom that is, you know, a solid dotted line on the freeway. Um, I know the feeling. So, um, I'm actually a pretty regular on Reddit, um, and actually happened to notice, um, a post on there about podcasts and someone mentioned we're alive, just looked it up and, from there on, it became just an obsession. A, a quick question: When when did you start, like uh, chronologically? Uh, I started actually this February, um, so okay. I've only been listening for maybe you know four months, or right. not okay. even that, not even that. So did you watch the We're Alive Live oh, last two weeks? That was two weekends ago, right? Yes, and the chat room became oh. like this entire like streaming like try to keep up reading while you're watching. <laughs> I bet it, it was. I, like I said, I can't even remember if it was two weeks ago or whatever. These past few weeks have been madness. But the event was so amazing. It was it just went so smoothly. I can't think of anything that could have, you know, that would have made it better. So what were you guys doing in the chat room? What's, I mean, besides, like, madness. Well, the chat room uh, generally actually broke down to kind of one of two things. During the kind of pre-show where you guys were asking questions, it basically mm-hmm. became a spam the answer as quick as you can you know and claim all credit the second that you get it right um and then um basically ostracize anyone who gets it wrong okay yeah i have to ask because i thought those questions were kind of easy they were um but i think the reason that you had a lot of people getting questions wrong was because you were actually giving out even minor prizes for failures like at questions i'm not saying that the people themselves are failures no, so any oh, so you're saying people just you know decided to answer because no matter what they'd get a prize. Yes. Okay, but even then, you know, I thought a lot of the questions were particularly easy. 
but then I thought you don't happen to have any of the questions available because I could totally make a fool of myself. I guarantee oh, I wouldn't get. Any yeah, I can pull up the all the questions that I sent Brett actually. Wait, I yeah, actually, okay. I have yeah. some of. I still have my original original note cards here with me that were you in my to- back. Yeah, you pocket. should totally pull up just two or three of them, and I, I guarantee you, I, okay. I don't get them. Now these were in my back pocket, and they they were soggy. That's disgusting. But let me tell you what. <laughs> It was about 500 degrees in that little crowded room. That's what I was about to say. Uh, I heard it was, oh. like, nasty in there. Oh, and you had, like, the lights on it you. It looked and, like, so had... tiny. It looked like you guys were in, like, a butcher's basement or something. <laughs> it was a really awkward little room, but, you know, we squeezed a bunch of people in there, but it was hot, and you just felt sweat dripping. Greg and I were just, like, sweating buckets. But anyway, Beats, what is the name of Lizzie's dead boyfriend? Uh... Peter Peter Pumpkin Eater? <laughs> no flower pot for you. Okay. That one was True Todd. Or... Todd. That was Todd. Reference. Todd. And, oh, yeah, that, yeah, and he, even, that he even worked on I motorcycles, totally if you want even a little bit more information. And that's where she learned like a lot of her welding skills. Anyway, true or false? Marcus served in the military. Marcus? Oh, heck no. Okay, good boy. Why was Latch imprisoned at Eastern Bay? Because she's insane. No, Latch. Latch, sweetheart. Oh, the, the, oh, the, the, guy. the guy. I always get it mixed up. Latch? I don't know, because... Because uh, he know. took the he... blame for a crime his sister committed. Oh, you know what? Uh, I was gonna, I was about to say because he probably did something for his sister, but you know, I didn't say it in time, and I wouldn't have been concise enough. It's okay. Okay, here's another one. What is the name of Hope's mother? Hope's? Datu's oh, little girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, Datu is... Faith or Faith, Sally, Susie, Slippy, S- <laughs> Samantha. Samantha. <laughs> okay, but this, so I'll give you a really hard one. Actually, that we uh, did on kind of we just had a real quick quiz time on the forums a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, before oh, yeah. actually the event. Um, that it took someone like maybe two minutes, but they actually pulled it down real quick. But they actually had to look it up. What was the combination to Bill or to Bert's um, wall safe or like the actual room? Goodness oh, gracious. <laughs> There's no way, yeah. no. Yeah, but that one, they actually pulled it up, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and for the people I don't know, you sent me a bunch of questions, too. Yeah, like about 20, 30-ish, somewhere Right, and so yeah. I'm going through them, and I see questions like that, and I'm like, oh, there's no way. It's like, there's no way. I'll just like keep a super easy one, <laughs> but that would have stumped everybody. So, and part of that was, if you had sent me a question and it stumped someone, you win a prize. And, you know, your questions would have stumped people, so you win a prize. Oh, but yeah. anyway. I do not win a prize. I'm a failure. Please, no, I just yeah. want to prove how poor a fan I really am. I know. that. So. Why are you even on this podcast? <laughs> I I, like I said, I'm the B-string. You, you Z-string is what I am. The Z-string? What the That's heck? That's even sexier. I promise. <laughs> okay. I don't want to picture on. that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm trying to, but I, re- I really don't want to. Okay, so uh, finally we had a new episode this week, 21-1, called Mark of the Beast. Now I'm going to go through my notes. I probably didn't take as good of notes this week as I should have. I've been running around like a chicken with its head cut off, so please interrupt me if I miss anything, screw anything up, or just tell me I'm flat out stupid. Capiche? Capiche. Capiche. All right. So the most notable thing is that Angel greets us by advertising a new pen and paper game called Outbreak Undead. Yeah, I totally wanted to buy that. Did anybody go to the website? I did. Oh, what's on it? It's a well, it's a pen and paper, you know, like RPG. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all I saw. Yeah, it's real. Yes, it's it looks pretty real. It and I didn't look up the uh, the IP information, but I'm guessing it doesn't have anything to do with KC. I would totally buy that. Yeah. Okay, so the episode itself starts out with Tarbrix and Lizzie. They're in a vehicle, and Tar is driving. And we hear a bunch of CB, radio, whatever they're using, communication. You first forgot the music. The awesome. Okay, Okay. let's talk about the music. (laughs) The music, that was awesome. I was like, oh, this is not the kind of music I was expecting at first. Yeah, and actually, um, someone on the forums, uh, unfortunately, I got to pull it up. But I will mention at the end of this, said exactly what I was thinking. I immediately thought of the theme um, song from Firefly. Yeah. I saw that. I've never seen Firefly, but I heard that. Okay, so we hear radio communication between a few drivers saying, like, all clear up front, how's the back looking, keeping distance, we're not far behind. So you kind of get the idea they're in a convoy. And just for reference, the shout-out was Adventureless Hero. So, oh, know, there you go. <laughs> continue. We can move on. Uh, so Bricks 
turns around and asks Lizzie if she's doing okay because she's still cuffed in the back, which is just another point towards Bricks being awesome. I'm really liking this bad guy. I have a good feeling about him. I just like anybody who talks slowly. And slowly like him, and dumb, so. kind of kind of like you, very monotone. Shut up! So Tar, Tar still won't tell Lizzie where they're going. He says, you know, you'll find out when we get there. And he says, you know, sit back, shut up, enjoy the car ride, or I'll put you back in the horse cart with the rest of them. So, you know, you're, what was he talking about at that point? So while, while they're driving, they're coming across a lot of debris. And it turns out TARDIS doesn't know where, they're, where they are at the moment. I think he knows where they're going eventually, but I don't think he knows where they are at the moment. We're what taking a detour! That's what yeah, Scratch well, said. Well, okay. yeah, that's after he finds the map. Right, or, yeah. Well, Come on, finds. Geez. Well, sorry. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez I just Louise. like doing my Scratch impression. Well, I'll let you do that in a second. Okay, so Tardis, you know, he doesn't know where they are, and he's, you know, sitting there, and he's like, well, why weren't we given a map? And Bricks is like, oh, this. And I guess Scratch gave, <laughs> Scratch gave him a map before they even left. And you really get, like, that big, dumb guy kind of, you know. And then, like, the short, small guy that's all powered, hungry, and power on a power trip. You know what I'm I talking about? That. Like, Yeah, school we totally know it, yeah. Yeah, totally understand. Okay, so while Tar is looking at the map, he makes mention of the 110. Not significant, but we can get to that later. Okay, so then all of a sudden the convoy comes to a stop. While they're waiting around, Tar mentions to Lizzie that they heard all of their bird talk on the CB. So, you know, like Broken Wing, Toucan, Chicken Little, all that. Penguin. Penguin. Yes, all that supposedly, you know, secretive talk was all heard. Um... They start moving again, and they start talking, and Brick supposedly ripped the zombie's head off during the war with the tower. Even though he then kept playing it down and saying that he just broke the uh, zombie's neck. He broke his neck. neck. Yeah, Tara was like, he ripped his arms off, and he's like, that's not what happened. The more and more I hear about this guy, I just picture Chewbacca. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you mean, what? Chewbacca? You are obviously not a Star Wars fan. Chewbacca if, if I had a decent Chewbacca impression, I would have done it there. I know, but... this would have been the perfect time to cue one, but I'm, no, I can't even do that. Mine just sounds like a motorboat. So, I think Tar started talking about the police station. Apparently, they raided the police station, and I think he was getting to the point that um, Bricks ripped some other zombies' asshole out. I don't even know. <laughs> anyway, they know, they notice, he noticed that they're getting off on the wrong spot, and they start going through the park. Then Scratch via CB says it's a detour. Bees, would you like to do that, do that impression of Scratch? It's a detour! There you go. <laughs> and Tar starts saying that Scout's heads are going to roll because the road was supposed to be clear for the next seven miles. So at this point, a little light bulb's going off in Lizzie's head, and she insists that Tar listens to her. Tar tells Lizzie he's going to kick her face in. Lovely. And Bricks says, no, you won't, which is another point for Bricks. Okay, so then the convoy stops again. Tar steps outside to check the situation, and he tells Scratch said something to him at this point. Do you know what I'm t- when he steps out, and then she says something over radio, and then he tells everyone to move to the front of the convoy. I couldn't quite make out what she was saying. Do any of you remember? Unfortunately, I was listening on a really low volume device, so I really couldn't pick it up either. I think she was just calling everybody to say to just get them to help move that trucker. I don't think it was anything important. Because okay. there's like an overturned truck, that's all. Right, there is a big dump, yeah, overturned yeah. dump truck that's in the way ahead. So at this point, you know, Lizzie's freaking out. She's begging for someone to listen to her, and she's saying, you know, we gotta leave, we gotta leave. She's trying to convince Bricks to, you know, go. And she says that this wreckage and blockage is caused by them. Now at this point, I thought this was interesting because no one has called them a zombie or whatever. I know. Even when they were talking about it. So I maybe Casey's trying to like stray away like this. these aren't really zombies. Maybe not. I've been misled. I would not be listening to this show. If... <laughs> I quit. Hence, hence the URL, zombiepodcast.com. Yeah. Right, right. It's a marketing ploy. We're on to you. lied to me. Um, so, you know, Bricks is, I think he's starting to catch on to Lizzie's panic. And they're like, Tar, come back in. Tar, come back in. And then you hear, you hear the growl. It's the growl. Yeah, that long distance calling. It sounded so much more scarier than the one I just did. Yeah. So <laughs> It was really annoying. I kind of just wanted Lizzie to just say, like, listen, you moron. Exactly. That <laughs> just, was... just quit. Stop talking when he's talking. I mean, I was just frustrated because she wasn't saying she was just saying you need to listen. Yeah, to she wasn't. She wasn't being clear. So, I mean, Bricks wasn't. I mean, it's not his fault. She should have just been like, look, this happened to us before. They blocked the road. They started to attack all of us. It's an ambush. The same thing's going to happen. But no, she's like, you're not 
listening. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. Uh, she's yeah. dumber than him. So anyway, then there's the infamous roar. So Brix uncuffed Lizzie. And as Lizzie describes it, a figure fell from the tree onto the passenger side as Tardust stepped inside. Sounded like a little monkey. Yeah, it, it was a little one. Uh, and over the radio, you know, you're hearing Scratch frantically yelling to get the dump truck out of the way. So there's a little one's arm in the truck. And eventually, Bricks and Tardis manage to slam the door on its arm, cutting the arm off and causing the little one to fall off the truck. But the arm is still in the truck. Yeah, I was wondering, like, they kept on freaking about the arm being in the truck still. And I was wondering, like, I, I just pictured it in my mind, like, twitching around. Yeah, like, it's, like, spewing blood out. Kind of oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I totally pictured, like, a dead space dismemberment there. Like know? a necromorph, right? Yeah. Like, totally, Yeah. Amazing. But you know how, like, lizards, their tails keep on moving? Like yeah, that? exactly. Oh, That's yeah. what I was looking for. Yeah. Ooh. Um, so at the same time, the convoy starts moving. Uh, they drive up on an embankment in order to pass a truck that isn't moving. So there's, you know, obviously there's casualties. And they pass the dump truck and a bunch of slaves. Bricks wants to stop, but Tardis tells him to keep driving. Scratch then tells everyone to get out of the kill zone and move forward, which sounds... Well, we'll bring that up later. <laughs> um, as... As they drove away, Lizzie was able to see the man in the pinstriped suit watching them. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. It's Paul. So then we cut back to the tower, and there's Victor. He's writing in his journal, and apparently him and everyone else is on some sort of guard duty. He's watching the monitors, and it sounds like everyone else is sticking their rifles or whatever, firearms, out the window. Because they're anticipating the maulers coming. Well, at that point, they don't know what they're anticipating. <laughs> Oh, well, okay. Okay, yeah, I jumped ahead of myself. You are correct. So so at that point, Kalani walks in, and him and Victor are kind of bickering. So then Michael and Angel walk in. Angel reveals to them, okay, you're right, that the Maulers are gone, and Victor claims not to know who the Maulers are. Michael explains that he is worried because they thought the Maulers would head to the tower. So there you go. Uh, Michael calls to check in on Bert and Saul, and Saul's call name is Penguin. Angel wants Saul to come back, but Michael says there's no way Saul will come back as long as Lizzie is out there. So why do you think it's Penguin? Um, maybe because he waddles. Okay. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Okay, that, that, that was good. I like it. I was thinking he looks good in a suit. Mmm, <laughs> maybe. Okay, so Datu comes back in and says that they need help carrying Bert's weapons back up to the tower. Angel leaves with Datu and Victor leaves to tell everyone to calm down, as it appears the Maulers aren't actually headed towards the tower. So Michael wants to know why Victor, so it's just Michael and Kalani at this point. So Michael wants to know why Victor, who was one of the better soldiers, was watching the monitors. Kalani says that, you know, he's new and he doesn't trust him running around with a gun or possibly setting off the traps. Michael confronts Kalani about flying to Furt, Furt, Furt Irwin. Furt. <laughs> okay. Frankenfurter. So here's the details. Michael thinks the Maulers will come after them, so they need to leave the tower. Kalani says he doesn't know if it's quite possible. He says you'll need a good enough plane, enough fuel, and a strip good enough to land and take off. The takeoff will be loud if a biter comes near the turbine or the prop. You're stuck. Kalani then offers another option. Helicopters. Since they will need another pilot, Kalani says he's comfortable enough training another person. You find out Fort Irwin is about 150 miles away, that they could possibly get there and back on a full tank, but it would be risky considering the load that they would have. So then Kalani says he'll discreetly ask around and see who may be interested in learning to fly. So, and then here are the pros to Fort Irwin, according to Michael. There's water supplies, food, hospital, it has its own power, and apparently they're working on a solar panel objective. Lots of military equipment, and it's remote enough that people may still be alive. Kalani is wondering, um, you know, how who are, who are you going to have look for these helicopters or these planes or whatever? And Michael tells Kalani that the best thing for Saul and Bert would be to remain out in the field and look around. Because even though Saul is sick, Michael says that they need to give Saul something else to focus on because he has spent time in the sandbox with Saul before and he knows how he works. An unfamiliar person then approaches the tower. They spot him on the cameras and the monitors. And he suddenly, this person stops and drops to his knees as someone is calling out to them, out to him. But Michael and Kalani don't know who is calling out to him. Upon the first look, he appears to be alone and very beat up. So then Angel commands the guy to put his gun down, and he kicks it to the gate. The guy approaches and walks inside, and he says, you should know that my gun is empty. Michael describes him as having numerous bruises and gashes on his face, with short, straight brown hair and a crooked smile. He's a swollen mess. Datu asks what happened, but he didn't say. When Michael he has asks, a British accent. You can't pass that up. When <laughs> Michael... You're, you're ruining it, bees. You're ruining it. <laughs> Am I... Yeah, you got you, it. 
You can't just expect us not to chime in on these things. You have to give us I a I haven't gotten up. to that part yet, you Sorry, fool. Sorry, gee whiz. <laughs> when Michael asks him what his name is, what does he say, Bees? I don't know. Oh, come on, oh, don't um, do this. Don't do this. It's not Paul. What? It's what? Pippin. Pippin, that's right. Pippin. I expect you to say it in your little accent. Listen, I am not good with names. If Greg Miller were here, he, he would agree. He's like, he's not good with names. We're both not good with names. We're good with faces. Okay. I know who it is. Pippin. Pippin. I okay. just thought of Scotty Pippin. No, I thought. <laughs> like everyone else. Scotty Pippin. I know you did. Sorry, I thought of the musical. Oh, yes, but I know there was a lot of people who thought of Lord there of was the Rings, mention right? of uh, yeah, Lord of the Rings and South Park on the forums. Yeah, that was really <laughs> funny. Okay, so before we get into the whole Pippin thing, let's talk about the title of this chapter. Oh, and that's when it ends, obviously. So it's called Mark of the Beast. Oh, this is obvious. We know Casey likes to do double meanings with these titles. So, bees, what do you think it is? Well, I don't know about the double meaning, but I know it's got to do with the the tattooed one. Okay. That's, I mean, that's obvious, because right. number one, it's the beast, it's the head guy, blah, blah, blah. Number two, it's Mark of the Beast, so it implies tattoos, so forth. So. And there's also, on the on the rumors, on the forums, they're saying maybe it could be Scratch and her scar on her face. Um, the Mark could be meaning, like, the inside man, like, the traitor will be marked. Or it could imply that one of the survivors is marked as a target for the beast. Say Ink wants one of them, and that was Arkham's theory. Um, also, just kind of a quick note into kind of like more how the process all kind of happened. Um, Casey actually, um, uh, just for reference, uh, Nick Voodoo actually generally spoils the title generally a little bit before the episode actually is even online or anything. But actually this week, um, Casey actually held back the title all the way up until the night before um, and actually teased us online um, and didn't let us actually find out what it was. Um, he actually ended up deciding basically the day, look, I think it was about Thursday um, of last week. Uh, it was either Thursday or Friday that he actually decided actually what the title was going to be. So. Oh, yeah. so he hadn't come up with the title until then. Yeah. Interesting. They hadn't Ooh. found one that they had liked. Right. Oh, okay, I see. To me, yeah. this title like really implies a lot's going to happen this episode, or at least revealed. I don't know. That... I think we're going to learn a lot about this head honcho, the one with the markings, or the guy in the pinstripe suit, or who you know, who knows. Oh no, I really like the title. And then you guys saw the chapter artwork. I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. B as you probably didn't. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a golf tournament all week. Hey, I was okay. in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, come on. You had a child being born. Look, you yeah. can use a phone in the hospital. Uh, You're not allowed to use a phone on the golf course; they'll kick you out. Okay, so bees, you know, I'll try to explain it, and Job, you can, you know, chat in too. Mm -hmm. So it looks like a an enclosed building. It kind of looks like a. Why don't you just talk about it like you guys? would and then i'll look it up on the for the internet. people that can't look it up for the people that are driving in their car right now oh okay all right look look down at your iphone and see the pic no i'm joking yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, um just uh it looks a almost exactly to me like the artwork from um a previous episode where it had the arena on uh the artwork but ah. this time with added fire that's what it appears to me as yeah, so that that's what I was thinking too, because we know they the Maulers were in a strip mall, and that does not look like a strip mall to me. No, no. So that's what I'm saying. It looks like the arena, and so therefore, you know, we're thinking they're burning the arena down, possibly destroying the zombie nest. Who knows? Yeah, if you think about it, the the most logical way to exterminate exterminate would be with fire. And they have those I mean, tankers, and that's, you know, you wonder if that's what those were for. Well, I mean, you can't just go in there and kill, like, a thousands, of, tens of thousands of zombies with bullets, because then you would have no bullets and ammo left afterwards if you had enough in the first place. Yeah, you so, just burn them. Burn yeah. the zombies. Eradicate them. I love the na smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, yes, mm. you do. Crispy zombies. Yummy! <laughs> you know, I watched that too, not too long ago. So that's something to maybe keep in mind for the future. Um, okay, so not a big question. Who the fuck is Pippin? So in 23, Scratch did say that she was going to drop off Pippin. Yes, and I actually went back and double-checked the exact wording of that to make sure it wasn't like, uh, hey, I'm just leaving him somewhere. It sounds directly like she's dropping him off 
at a specific location. Right. Okay, so we're we're heading to this direction that it sounds like he's being planted. That's what it sounds like to me. Because <laughs> I think if, you know, it was more so I'm kicking him out because he's a douchebag, her wording would have been more towards I'm kicking him out because he's a douchebag, not that I'm just dropping him off. Yeah, and that seems to me more like you would just leave him, if you're already vacating mm-hmm. the place that you're leaving, just leave him where you were and, you know, let him fend for himself. Versus right. actually put it the effort out to move him somewhere else on your path totally he was extremely beat up when you know he approaches the tower so is that you know an act is that a please feel sorry for me uh you know take me in my gun's empty i'm all alone you know that's kind of what i'm getting out of it i don't think i don't think he's going to turn out to be a friend of the tower yeah the bruises sounded like a ruse to me um but with the entire um how that goes, it's very much, I mean, with how Casey left the cliffhanger, it very much, we got maybe 30 seconds of actually uh, a good description of Pippin and what is happening. So it, we're speculating on in very minute details that we got. Well, you just got to combine it with the fact that, you know, they were affiliated, he was affiliated with the Maulers closely. And it I mean, it, it sounds to me like he would be on some sort of undercover mission to try to infiltrate their operations. But um, I, I wouldn't say necessarily that he won't turn out to be a, a friend or a good guy because quite often in, in stories and stuff, the uh, they become sympathetic. So I wouldn't write that mm-hmm. off as not happening. But I, I'm, I would be pretty confident in saying that he is there to, to kind of infiltrate, become an informant. Were you going to say something, Job? Well, uh, no, I'm t- I got the next topic once we're ready for that. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, I would be totally surprised if, you know, because when they first see Pippin, they're like, oh, you think he'd be one of the Maulers? And Michael's like, oh, you think I didn't think about that? I'd be surprised if they're like, oh, poor innocent guy, we feel bad for you. Come t- come live with us. You know, I would think they would keep him, like, in some sort of, like, confinement room. I don't know. And then maybe Pippin will run across, you know, the traitor, because didn't Scratch say that they had another person but they hadn't heard from them in a while right um yeah but that uh, just for what it sounded like to me with Uh the con or with the conversation that you're talking about happened between her and tardust when Mm -hmm. they were uh just taking care of lizzie yeah at the furniture store um and it sounded to me like they were actually uh now that i went back and listened to that after uh 21 one is that it sounded like actually the scouts to me oh oh okay okay so that's what it sounded like to me but it definitely could have been taken the way that you are saying as well here's my theory i don't think there's any traitors i think uh the morons in the tower have to (laughs) learn to turn their music down and to not stink of alcohol so bad that everybody within a three mile radius knows what they're doing wouldn't that be funny well no you know i would say that but at the q a at the we're live live in the flesh event um, someone asked Casey if, you know, do you know who the traitor is? And Casey was like, yes. Yeah, and that's so, the entirety of the detail Casey gave. Yeah, oh, he, might, he might be saying, yeah, the lights on all the, all the towers, that's that's what the that's the problem. The lights were the traitors. Yeah, okay. the lights were the traitors because they're on this giant tower that's like, what, 10 stories tall and they've got all the lights Ten on? 10 stories. Come on, get your facts right. What? What? I 14. Was just, 14? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably 13 because they skipped the 13th There's one, no, so there's wrong. 15, Bam. but there's no 13. Oh my gosh. No are... flower pot for you. You no don't know anything about this podcast. You must know all the stories. You must know the, the combination. <laughs> this to is this why we is have you lock, on here, stupid Bert's locker. You represent like the like, yeah, we're a a casual bit, fan. Yeah, we're a little bit more trying to obsess Look, about I it. I represent the real life person here. No, no, no. This is what it is. You are like the we casual audience. We are like oh, the 360. Oh, you're, you're just really getting offensive. And, and I'm just really on the offensive. PS3. I'm down right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Okay, so anyway. Job, sorry. You have the next topic. Uh, well, we actually never got back to the discussion about the 110. Okay, let's get back to that. Oh, yeah, that's where I, that was my next topic. Okay, where well. are they going? <laughs> okay, so yeah, like you said, Tara makes mention that they're on the 110. So if you look at the We're Alive map, 110 runs north towards like the arena, the tower, and by the waterworks. 
and it goes down south to the beach house that Michael Pigs and Kelly stayed at, and a little to the east of that is the colony. Now, further south is Catalina, which is the island that Michael and Pigs discussed while they were, you know, playing around in the ocean. So, mm -hmm. are they going north or are they going south? Well, one thing that really frustrated me is I came, went back and listened to it like three or four times. He mm -hmm. almost mentions an exit, which would have helped out so much. He's like, wait, this exit, and then doesn't mention it. <laughs> so, I mean, you take into consideration that if that is, in fact, the arena that is being burnt. Yeah, in... you would have to assume that they're going north. Yes, the only reason that I would assume north is because of the artwork. If there was no artwork, I, my personal assumption would actually be going south because Catalina is a promising option, you know, especially since the Maulers did not have, seem to have a lot of experience with the Maul, or with the zombies on a one-on-one -on -one basis. They probably don't know about the zombies swimming over. Right, because they don't even know much about the zombies in general, it sounds like. Because they're dumb. Because, yeah, they didn't recognize the, you know. The They're the casual audience. Shut up, man. This is... <laughs> Sorry, goodness. Beast. Come on, you bring it on Stupid to yourself. Stupid and their wees. <laughs> God. Okay. So, my mind's going like a million miles a minute right now. So, okay, let's say they're going south to the island of Catalina. Just say, why would they want someone in the tower if they were dropping him off? Do they want to eventually come back to the tower? Because that wouldn't make sense. And why would they set the arena on fire unless they're like trying to kill the zombie nest and then try to take over the tower? Where? What is the colony? Well, oh my gosh. <laughs> What's up with the colony? Wait a second. You, you, you've got way too many things going on at once. I'm just <laughs> saying that as an example. You ass weed. That there's so many factors into this. It's just anyway. Well, you're you're coming. You got to do it one at a time. We are. I'm going back. You know, bees. You're never allowed on this podcast again. <laughs> oh, good. Never, never, Sounds ever. Fun. But okay, bees. Go ahead. You you can have the floor. Well, the first thing you said was why would they want someone in the tower mm -hmm. uh, if they were just going south away to the island? Um, uh, just to keep tabs on them, I guess. I mean, radios can reach across that far easy. So okay. Uh, I mean, that that's just what I would assume. And plus, she still runs, wants revenge. Let's all keep that in mind. Yeah, and um, it, one of those things that even if you're on an island, um, now, I don't know an incredible amount about California since I live in Ohio, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, Catalina, I'm not sure how much actually is on that island. Um, so you you might actually have to come back to the mainland and actually do... Uh, like uh, store or supply runs, shopping. Oh, okay. Yes, <laughs> shopping. No, that that ran across my mind too. Is that they might have to go back every once in a while. Okay. Um. So let's talk about the arena then. So the arena is like to the very north of one ten. Let's say maybe they drop Pippin off of the tower and they're heading up north to the arena. They set it on fire for some reason and then they come back. They fuck up the tower, and then they go to Catalina. I mean, I don't even yeah, know. I, I'm looking at a map right now, and it's just... Yeah, there's actually, um, I, uh, I like, a fan-made uh, Google Maps version of it, which actually um, works very well if you're looking for more, like, the distances and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. But for kind of, like, a path-wise, that really doesn't strike me as, you know, let's run north and then south. Yeah. Exactly. That's... I don't think they would take the entire convoy just to drop him off. Just maybe, maybe he went with some of the scouts or something. Um, Adventureless Hero, here is his theory. He says, At first, I believed the Maulers were headed towards the colony going south on 110. But after I heard about and saw the chapter, I immediately felt the Maulers were headed for the arena. Maybe they were going to offer the slaves to ink or something, but I can't see how that would make sense. A truce between humans and biters just don't seem likely to me. Perhaps they were headed there to exterminate the nest, taking tankers full of gas to burn the arena down. Or maybe they were on their way to a new home with a definite locale in mind and just happened to catch Ink's attention. And that goes and that goes back to the art discussion we kind of had, too, with the whole... Yeah, I think the entire gathering Ink's attention is probably a, kind of tied to that entire how they had scouts clear the road ahead of time. So you think he noticed that the roads were clear and he was like, this would be the perfect spot for an ambush because people are going to be coming. Yeah, because if you clear a path, you're probably going to be taking it shortly. Right. That's freaking scary, because that shows you how smart that bastard is. Oh, and just for reference for mm -hmm. the forums and for anyone else, it has not been confirmed that Ink and the It's Paul are the same 
person. No, I never, I never assumed right. that. I've, the I only time don't think it is actually the one the only time we ever hear about ink is in chapter two over the TiVo. And then Adventureless Hero also chimed in and says he doesn't think they're going to go too far, though, because if they planted Pippin at the tower, that means they're going to stick close by. If they were leaving the state, they'd probably give two shits about the tower. Sounds about right. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the ambush a little bit. So, I mean, there's not too much to be said, except for that we are led to believe that the dude in the pinstripe suit, not confirmed to be ink, has organized several attacks. You know, there's the one against the tower and then the other tower, the other tower's convoy. You know, he was on the roof with when um, Bert, Saul, and Lizzie were going to the fuel depot, and then that, there's this. And we heard, you know, that infamous roar, but it's never described as him doing it. So maybe it's some other guy heading it. What did you guys take away from the ambush? I think um, relative to which direction they're going on 110, I think it makes mo- the most sense that they would get ambushed if they were going north. Totally. I highly doubt that they would get ambushed way down in the south end of this map that would uh, make sense because you know even the colony they hadn't heard of you know zombies or whatever being able to like enter in the pin code or you know because that's far south so i don't think they've had much interaction with and plus i don't i don't know i for some reason like i i think they're going north because it wouldn't make sense for them to be ambushed while they're going south because there's no zombies down there so much they're more up by the arena but then at the same time i'm thinking like you know these maulers are a bunch of morons mm-hmm. and why would they even care to take out the the, the arena I, I was surprised that they would even know about the arena to be honest i don't know they just seem stupid maybe that's why they think they can take it on by themselves but how would they know i mean they have without scouts. some kind of but even if they they did some scouting you know then the scouts would be going back and going yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, so somehow they'd have to find... Because there hasn't been any indication in the actual story that the Maulers know about the arena, right? Right, that's what I'm saying. They just they just don't seem like they're bright enough to do the research and find out more about that. But yeah. we're also giving them a lot of credit because, I mean, they did set up shop in an open-air mall. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is they're true. Morons. So here's the thing, is... Like you said, I like your theory is that, you know, the road was clear and that's how the guy in the pinstripe suit, Paul, whatever, he was the one that he, that's how he knew they were coming. But, you know, how long do you think they had been waiting? Do you think he had been watching them for a while and then he just like rounded up all the zombies or whatever you want to call them and was like, hey, just chill out here for a while until they come. And then when I sound the roar, you attack them, you know, is, well, they might have scouts, the zombies, maybe, yeah. They might. might have scouts. They're starting to sound like a little army. That's and kind of remember, scary. they weren't on the 110 at that point. They actually got detoured off of it. Right. Um, and so they were actually probably on a much tighter road. Um, mm-hmm. So one that could have had much more hiding spots. So. so maybe, you know, maybe that's why the zombies aren't just roaming around. Because you don't hear of them anymore. You know, just kind of like, you know, strolling around downtown. Maybe they're all just focusing their their efforts on mass, mass ambushes. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving too much credit. Well, the food supply is probably down a lot, so they probably have to stay semi-organized. Cool. So if there's anything else on that, if not, I'll move on to some more random theories and questions that we got. I love random theories and questions. Okay. Um, This one is also from Adventureless Hero. He says, I may be reading into things too much, but there is a part when Scratch shouts, get out of the kill zone. That word, kill zone, seems to me to be an uncommon thing for a civilian to say. Could Scratch have some military training? Is that why she knows our blonde boy? And then Bakita, I like the name, wrote back and said, I don't think Angel would withhold such information as, hey, crazy bitch Scratch has military training. If they do know each other, it's from a darker circle they ran in before his military training. Maybe she's taught him to hotwire cars. She and just that, plays the PS3. She just plays the PS... God dang it, Beast. <laughs> that kind of goes back to, like, I've always thought that Angel and Scratch kind of, like, ran together at one point before he went into officer school. I think, you know, maybe that's how he knew her. Maybe he was, like, I don't know, a correctional officer. I, maybe, I don't Look, know. Look, I think that's totally possible, but I don't know. I think he is reading a little too much into that. There was a really good point. Um, I'm sorry I don't have the forums up at the moment. Mm-hmm. but You... That- Fail. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, but someone made a point, um, actually, in response to that, stating how Angel had only come out of uh, the officer training camp. 
uh, for maybe a month or two that he had been in it. So it seemed, and it seemed like um, that Scratch had been just coming out of prison, and it seemed like the interaction probably couldn't have occurred in that time frame. Right. No, I don't. Good point, my man. That is reading into it. Right. But still, I mean, do you agree, Joby, think that they know each other from like a prior encounter? Uh, there's definitely some history there. Um, the reason for it is still unknown. I'm yeah, it doesn't more... sound like military history. Yeah, I'm honest. leaning no, more no, no. towards that Angel has a past that we don't yes. know of. Yeah, That's what I think, too. With the whole, you know, past. hot wiring cars garbage and stuff. Probably. Yes, yes. and we're going to destroy Wraith's world. Oh, poor Wraith. I know. That guy. I promised him that I'd have to do a shout-out, so even though he's bigger than all of us because he got on stage at the live where... Yeah. Oh yeah, that was funny. Yeah, so Wraith is, I know we talked about this with Nick Voodoo last week, uh, two weeks ago, but Wraith is the biggest, you know, active forum member, but he's very, very big on Angel. And he got like three pictures with the actor that plays Angel, which is Shane, but in every single picture, he was blinking. <laughs> and it was so no. awkward, because like, Shane has like this like badass look on his face, he's flipping the camera off, and then there's like little Wraith like trying to like smile, <laughs> but his eyes are shut. It was, and I took three pictures. <laughs> And then finally, I just turned the flash off, and I'm like, well, you can't see your face, but here you go. <laughs> That's genius. Poor little Wraith. Anyway, um, and then here's a theory from Neil Power. He says, a random thought. What else can tankers be used for other than carrying fuel or rolling firebomb? Use them as a modified Trojan horse filled with armed men instead of fuel and drive them into the colony with the folks on the walls thinking they're bringing them gasoline for trade. Will that happen? Probably not with my luck, but I'm calling it anyways, and it's something underhanded that the Maulers would try. That's what you gotta do. You just gotta plant your flag on a theory, no matter how wild it is. Because you never know. Because the wildest ones... Just call it yours. It's like the United States flag on the moon. Right. We might not need it, but it's ours. One thing that I picture, even though I know it's not the case, is I picture Casey trolling the forums going, Hey, that's a good theory. (laughs) (laughs) Use that. Let's just put this into here. That's how he does it. Uh, no, this kind of sparked something. It's one of those theories, like Neil Power said, you know, that probably never happened. But do we know, we don't know of any relationship between the colony and the Maulers. Like, they've never both, they've never, like, acknowledged each other that we've seen in the story. So how do we know, like, they didn't have, like, an arrangement together where they would supply each other with stuff? Because, you know, Victor never did say where they were getting their supplies from. Just something to think about. And he said... You know, when Kalani... They said they were doing supply runs. Well, when Kalani and Michael were talking to the, to him, uh, or was maybe it was just Michael, I don't even know, Victor said he didn't know who the Maulers were, but he wouldn't know them as Maulers. Anyway, right. well, he said they were doing supply runs, but a bunch of their other stuff, you know, Victor was like, I can't tell you where we're getting this. I still would consider them L.A., though, and mm-hmm. in the colony, they did make mention that they hadn't heard of anyone from L.A. for quite a while. Okay, that's true. And that that would be a far distance to travel. Theory debunked. That's why we have this podcast. Here is a, another theory that I thought of. So Kalani is looking for another pilot, right? Wasn't Peg's father a pilot? That was made mention of during the boat episode because um, Michael made mention that, or well, Peg's made mention that her father was, I believe, a captain or something. And that no, he was like, of a boat? And she's like, no, of a plane. Oh, okay. Yeah, nothing gets past our forums, do they? That's impressive. So are you guys calling it? She's going to be the extra pilot? I, I think that would be. I think she could do it now. I think she has the woman balls to handle it. I could see her stepping up. Well, she'll finally be useful for something. <laughs> She's good now. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> what do you think, Job? What do you think? I would lean on of anyone that we know of that she's probably the best suit for it because she still has a lot of kind of, like Beastball just said, redeeming of her purpose, really. Um, she's great as a, you know, as a support role and like that emotional tug, but we really don't have a purpose for her. It's kind of like with Riley. That's kind of what I was talking about a few weeks ago. I don't see what Riley's purpose is. Do you have any insight? Like, what do you think? To play Legolas, silly. Come on. To play what? <laughs> Legolas. I don't get it. Just forget it. Okay. <laughs> you know, the entire, um, you know, Lord of the Rings archer. No, I never. No, here's the funny thing is I haven't seen, like, Lord of the Rings. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you anyway. Like, do you like Orlando Bloom? Oh, he was the guy that played the Link lookalike, right? Yes. Okay. I totally yes. know who His he is. His name is Legolas. Cause... There you go. 
No, but as for uh, Riley, I, you know, everybody, there's a lot of seasons left in this, aren't there? I mean, what, at least two or three more, probably? I don't think Riley will die until she admits she's a lesbian and then her purpose will be done. <laughs> her entire purpose is just to be it, to flush out the cast. Exactly. Um. So, if you guys have anything else you want to say about this episode... Go for it. Even though um, I know that it's basically based about the chapter, not the episode, is mm-hmm. we're still waiting on Riley's sexual experience, which was hinted at, at at the live show. Oh, that is correct. Wait, wait, wait a second. So, Hold on. Who? Catch me up on this. What's going on? Um, someone asked, you know, who they would repopulate the Earth with, and Riley popped up and said that answer will be, uh, or that question will be answered in the upcoming chapter. Interesting. Um, ah, okay, so I'll, I won't spoil it for you guys, but while I was in the green room at the We're Alive live showing, I heard a very big spoiler, but I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I just want you guys to know that I know a spoiler. You're an idiot. <laughs> that's just like, that's such a tease. <laughs> what I heard was hinted at in this episode. So, you know, technically I know something that's going to happen. Wait, is this a megaton? It's not, I mean, it, it's very significant to the story. I don't know how it's going to play out. I just know it's significant to the story. So I'm just being Is it douche- something that's like predictable or is it something that's going to No, like it's something that's, you know, it's it's predictable, I would say. It's definitely predictable. Okay. All right. Well, then, you know what? I won't beg you on my hands and knees for it then. No, no. It's something people see coming, but I just wanted to be a douchebag and tell you guys that. You cause... are a douchebag. You're a class <laughs> A douche. It's the actor's fault. Um, so let's move on to a few questions from some listeners, unless you guys have anything else you want to say. Nope. No? Oh, right. This one comes from Robert Kearney, and he says, Dudes, holy shitballs. In my opinion, that was one of the more intense episodes of the season. Holy I think, balls. I think that the attack on the Mueller convoy had my heart pumping. I was deployed to Iraq during convoy security and have driven through situations like that, sand zombies, and Casey captured the moment perfectly. I found myself tensing up when we were given the clues that the roadblock was a zombie ambush led by not Paul. I He says not Paul in there in caps. Um, I love the intro of Bricks to the story. I hope that since he was defending Lizzie and that Tardis felt he needed to get out of earshot for his recreation last chapter, he turns out to be one of the good, gentle, giant criminals that you'd see played by Michael Clark Duncan. <laughs> I really hope that he rips Tardis' head off like he did the zombie and is welcomed into the tower. And Kalani, he has gone from chump to champ in the past few chapters, even though he was fretting about smoking. It is LA after all. He had sound he had sound reasoning to keep Victor in security room. I can hear Greg rolling his eyes now. Well Greg's not here. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that Kalani I'd say that when Kalani says he didn't trust Victor, he was meaning with the booby trapped rooms and with any other surprises in the tower defenses. Obviously, Kalani has some trust for Victor. He placed him on the monitors when the call came in for Michael and the others to stand to. You wouldn't just give that job to someone you had zero trust in. Oh, and Pippin is a total rat. So that was Robert Kearney's theory on everything. I like this guy. He's right. Except for the fact that Kalani was never a chump. He was always the chump. You've always liked Kalani. Yes. Now I like him even more. Yeah. In fact, you know, I'm probably going to dislike him before long because he'll become too popular. And it'll be like one of those bands that goes mainstream, and you just like forget you. Bees ball, you're a hipster. I, I am no. Little loser. Yeah. Okay, um, this next one comes from Guest Master. Someone wrote in last week, but this was actually a few weeks ago, about Ink being different from the other zombies because of his schizophrenia. A bit of information on schizophrenia. Schizophrenia, contrary to popular opinion, does not involve m- multiple personalities. Many people confuse it with Dissociative Identity Disorder, DID, which is characterized by multiple dissociated personalities. Depending on the type, schizophrenics suffer from delusions, distorted thoughts, beliefs, and or hallucinations, false perceptions, for example, hearing someone whisper in your ear or seeing people who aren't really there. Schizophrenia is high... Okay, I can't... I'm... So many big words in this, and I can't even read this anymore. 
Anyway, he says, sorry, but Ink is not a result of multiple personalities. He is diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, which means he would most likely be preoccupied with hallucinations, delusions, in which it appears to him that he is being persecuted or plotted against. My theory is that Ink's schizophrenia was caused by experimentation on his brain, after which he escaped and managed to commit the murders for which he was convicted. Keep in mind that the news report recorded on the TiVo was reported on the day when the riots began, and only then was it mentioned that Bill Roberts, Ink, was being sent to the mental hospital. Boom. So, schizophrenia. There you go. I People, I don't even know. Thank you, you, person. That was good. Guest master. Yeah, we learned that he does not... Actually, this wasn't the only person. We got a few emails from people saying that it's different than whatever. I don't remember the Did you guys email. quote it as being most multiple personalities? No, someone had written in an email. Oh, yeah. And then I can't remember what the email entailed. But right. that was not. No, I, I, I agree. No, I, schizophrenia does not just mean that. So. Right. Okay. And we'll just wrap this one up with this. From Garrett. Okay. It's G-A-R-R-I-D. Is it Jared or Garrett? I'm assuming Jared. I don't know, Job. I get Job. your name wrong all the time. No. So maybe. Yeah, on that one, I okay. have no help. Just call him Garris. Garris from Mass Effect. Okay. Garris. A, a, quick, a quick Google just pulls up all Spanish results. Oh, okay. So. So we'll see about that. Garrus writes, do you think Lizzie is going to come back to normal or are her experiences with the Maulers going to ruin her mentally? I don't really like to think about her right now, actually. Why? That's that's her. I don't like it. You don't like... I don't like people being imprisoned and abused and all that. Well, none of us do these, but it's a cruel world out there. I'm a sensitive guy. We have to talk about it. Still my pants and whatnot. I think I think that entire thing is going to involve a lot more humanizing of the Maulers and not just this like unseen force. Um, and, and this is totally wild speculation, and I'm probably going to be wrong because the second I set my flag in something, it always is. But um, uh, long term, we might see actually like I'm saying long term because we're only basically halfway through the entire series um but uh we might see the maulers and the uh tower actually group up and so actually humanizing the maulers at this point will actually help involve that plot oh interesting uh, you know it depends because so far i mean it's been about 50 50 like good versus bad you know because there was latch and he wasn't a bad guy and there's bricks he's not a bad guy but then there's also tardis and Scratch, and they're both, you know, I mean, from what I can tell, there's definitely bad apples and good apples, and, you know, so. I love that both of the people that you listed as bad apples both wanted to rape Lizzie. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that would be a qualification <laughs> as being a bad apple, so. It's, yeah. and it's interesting you said that too, Job, because I think it's, I think a lot of people are kind of, like, looking for, like, a quick, like, resolve to, like, the Maulers, but we forget that this story is only halfway over. So, like you said, is the are the Maulers just like a short little? It's like Dragon Ball Z. Do you watch Dragon Ball Z? Unfortunately, that's not. No, my... no. Fortunately, yeah, no. Duh, Fortunately. come on. I'm sorry. I'm more into generally real life. The only like animated series that I actually was really enthralled by was Avatar. Yeah. Didn't watch that. No, because in Dragon Ball Z, you know, like, the story is consistently ongoing, but you always have, like, enemies that jump in, and they're there yeah, for, like, yeah. several episodes, and then they leave, but sometimes they come back, and it's just okay. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. Um, do you do you think Datu will be hung up on Samantha, or will he move on? Plus, what impact will Hope have on him? I bet you he's the one who throws the match on the, uh, on the arena. The arena. He's oh, like, so you're oh, saying yeah. that the tower is going to set the arena on fire. I don't see why well, not. Well, one thing in the entire oh, sorry, uh, one thing about the entire uh, uh, Datu and Hope situation is it feels like very much going to become a father-daughter like yes. role, um, not a um, kind of this is now my just like charity case. It really feels like he Datu is going to become a father figure to Hope um, and kind of take the place almost as if. Um, he's taking Samantha's place. Totally, especially since he has children back in the Philippines. Whether or not they're alive or dead. Yeah. Um, and do you see, he says, do you foresee numerous new characters being added, or is the larger amount of survivors found already? Oh, man. You know, that's a good question. Um, 
I'd probably say two thirds of the cast that you'll see in this entire series is already here. Yeah, it's a large cast already, um, but I don't think we've seen everyone. Oh yeah, definitely, totally not. De- de- definitely. I'm. Not. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll get maybe a, <laughs> definitely a few like new main characters, but I expect there to be several new cameos at least. You know, insignificant cameos at least. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, okay, that sounded bad. <laughs> I have not received my cameo yet. <laughs> if like, I get one, there will be several significant cameos. I'm starting up. to doubt. Oh, goodness. Anyway, that is that, and I think that wraps up this episode. I think just a couple pieces of note. Um, yes. If you have any questions, email we're not dead podcast oh, at gmail.com. What would I do without you? Absolutely. <laughs> well, you certainly couldn't count on me. You can also always uh, join up at the forums. Um, we have some very obsessive admins, as you've heard, um, who love to talk to people. Um, the chat box is where I generally reside. Um and I'm more the programming back end um, to the site. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, actually. Like, if you notice, like, if you've noticed the, 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 if you've been in the chat room, there's now a pop sound, like, you know, whenever you hear a new message. That was all me. Oh, yeah. snap. Look at you. You're famous. You know what? I totally, I need to get in the chat. I'm not, I'm not as big on forms, but I can totally do the chat thing. Yeah, do the chat. It's fun. It's much more casual. It's good. Um, I hate people screaming that I'm an idiot. It is spoiler free, so um, feel free to join in, even if you're only at chapter two. Really, spoiler free. Okay, maybe I don't want to yeah. join in. I don't know. You sh- now you should create a second chat room. Um, we thought about that, but we like actually having the uh, discussions about like that are spoiler related actually like written down in forum. And also, there's lots of um, fan content that's being generated through the forums as well, um, and different groups that are like there's one group that's actually an rpg ish group kind of like the almost like the pen and paper thing that we were talking about at the beginning with the advertisement Mm. um people doing their kind of rpgs and there's fan fiction and fan artwork and all that fun stuff so if you aren't a part of the forum join it there you go so to wrap things up officially thank you very much um i have some we're alive bloopers that i will insert at the end oh sweet this podcast yeah i mean i know you guys want to hear the friday song again but i figure you know you're gonna have to wait one week before you get friday again so i hope you enjoy those and for job aka ronald troyer aka troyer aka ron Ron jeremy (laughs) thank you for coming on and thank you for coming on yes that was very fun thank you very much even though you don't know jack shit about this story we appreciate you next time you invite me it's not happening and I am Brittany Brummer Rocker Rocker. Thank you for listening to We're Not Dead and Route. Bye. Bum, bum, Jonna. Friday, Friday. No. Well, not the infection you're thinking. You'd be able to tell something by now. It does have the workings of something nasty. And from the look of that wound, I have no doubt why. Any longer, and this might have turned into sepsis. Hey, that's great. Good. Thank God. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a relief. Can't believe we, we have two souls right now. Is that right possible? <clears throat> Any longer, and this might have turned to sepsis. Can you give us that? Any longer, and this might have turned into sepsis. No, oh, thank God yeah. it's just that a relief. sounds like really bad. I told you. I didn't think he was. You're a jerk. Crazy. Blow me. Man, I'm glad this all's going to be okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> So the next three lines are what we're supposed to say at the same time? It says improv, and then it has... That's probably why it was so good. <laughs> is it too late so to get him out of the country <laughs> again? <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, Saul. Got a case of the clap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm guessing it would complicate things a lot more if we're looking for some place to land. How many people do we have now? I really don't care, all right? I'm going. How about, how, how about Angel starts doing his line? And then I cut him off? Uh, yeah, like, live, last okay. count. How many people do we have now? Well, since you've been gone, we have gotten a couple. I really some... don't care. I'm going. Angel, where'd you put the padlock? Oh, correct factor, uh, Angel, you haven't got anybody since... They left? Okay.
How many people do we have now? Well, nobody's come since you guys I left. I really don't care, all right? I'm going. Angel, where'd you put the padlock keys for the Hummer? Wait, what? Uh, You're not supposed... Uh, somehow I lost you, Saul. Oh, because I was, I was trying to walk into it. Should I or shouldn't I? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit's fine. Okay. How many people do we have now? Well, we haven't lost anybody since you left, but I we really haven't gained I really don't care, any. all right? I'm going. Angel, where'd you put the padlock keys to the Hummer? What? You're not supposed to be... Uh, Angel, what did you exactly say? I think you said I... you haven't lost anybody... But you did lose Lizzie. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I got caught up in the drama. I was like, what's nice, happening? Nice, Danny. Good catch, Well, man. I figured he knew oh, we lost Lizzie. Good catch. We already knew we lost Lizzie, so he doesn't need to be told again. Good catch. Uh, we're down one. <laughs> right. I don't know. I just, yeah, you got a good point, though. Okay. Yeah. No, I got it. Where are we going? Same place? How many people do we have now? Well, at last count, I'm thinking around- I really don't care, all right? I'm going. Angel, where'd you put the cat? <laughs> I thought it was a freaking where'd dog, you put the cat? okay? <laughs> where'd you put the cat? Come on, Mike, you gotta do it again. How many people? How many people? Here we go. G's in the house. How many people do we have now? 47. <laughs> Feel bad from scene 42. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? Okay, I'll do it. Okay, there it is. Doctor is back. <laughs> I am going to knock your sock off. <laughs> okay. Ooh, wow. Okay, Michael. <laughs> Everybody, the Dato is her. It's her. It's her. It's her. <laughs> you upstairs. <laughs> if you can show me downstairs. Uh-uh, that is just bad. <laughs> Mama didn't raise no fool, yo.